Working in a veterinary clinic can be stressful and we face so many challenges, but this week we're going to introduce you to a group that is offering support groups for free and you really want to hear and share this message today, this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and the struggles we face in veterinary practice are real. The emotional toll that the profession takes out on us on a personal level is significant. And this week, we want to introduce you to a group of colleagues who are setting out to change that and give us tools to help overcome burnout, depression, and mental illness. So I can't wait to introduce you to them. But before we introduce you to them and this important topic and resource, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, we have over the past six and a half years, we've had the opportunity to to talk a lot about the mental health crisis in veterinary medicine. And oftentimes you and I kind of sit back after the podcast and go, gosh, I wish there was more we could do. I wish we could direct them to maybe a tool or a resource or a group or organization that everybody could participate in. And, you know, Becky, we, we found one this week. I, I mean, that to me is the most important part. In, in fact, when we talk about topics, sometimes I'm like, yeah, or you'll say, well, like, but then what? You know, we right. can just talk about his existence, but we don't feel like we're making any kind of difference. And sometimes the conversation itself makes a difference, and sometimes it's not, and you, you need actual resources. So I'm excited. I'm um, honored, honestly, to be able to provide resources to our listeners and for today's guests to talk more about what they're doing. Yeah, and what we're going to talk about today, guys, is the Veterinary Hope Foundation. And basically, they are little small groups set up to support mental health in the veterinary profession specifically, right? I mean, and so this was founded by veterinarians, and they've got these six-week programs, and we actually are going to have one of the people that facilitates these programs with us today. So this is confidential, it's safe, and of course, it's nurturing and supportive. And so I want to introduce you to the first co-founder of the Veterinary Hope Foundation, someone that I admire greatly, and that is Dr. Blair McConnell. Blair, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ernie. It's so nice of you to help us spread the word. Well, well, just briefly, introduce yourself to the viewfinders before we jump into the Veterinary Hope Foundation. Yeah, as you said, I'm a veterinarian, uh, graduated in 2002, uh, and I've spent most of my career in industry working at different corporations, but I've always seen myself as a veterinarian. Um, it's what I do. It's who my friends are. It's how I define myself. And so when I heard the the sadness and the grief pouring out from colleagues and professions and from fr- professionals and from friends um, during COVID, I, I called a, another veterinary friend up and we said, we've got to do something. We've got to actually try. Yeah. And, so, and before we get into that and what you're doing, let's, we also have another guest today, which is Krista Martin. And Krista, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do, your background? And then I want to jump into Blair's story of why she and how she started the Veterinary Hope Foundation. Of course. Thank you for having me today. I am a clinical social worker with a specialty in veterinary social work. And what that means is I work on the human side of the human-animal connection, primarily with animal professionals. 
Gosh, I love that. Okay, so Blair, let's go back and discuss the genesis of the Veterinary Hope Foundation. So uh, as I understand it, this was during COVID and obviously mental health, burnout, depression, all those things were just rising to the top of nearly every profession. But this impacted you on a personal level. And tell us what you did next. Yeah, I I spent COVID in a little log cabin, Ernie, in Montana, in the middle of nowhere, and it gave me time to listen. And so I listened to my colleagues, to to our team, to veterinarians, to veterinary teams, and I heard sadness and grief, and I heard a lack of hope. I heard people who weren't sure that it could ever be different, that there was a way out, that there were ways to make it fun and and fulfill the dream that we had when we became veterinarians. Um, and so, so we stepped forward and we said, well, you know what? Let's try. Let, let's bring our resources to bear. Let's um, learn more about solutions and let's try. And so that's how the Veterinary Hope Foundation was born. And so, Krista, I mean, you as a therapist, we're already seeing this, right? I'm sure you're starting to see, wow, we're this is becoming a crisis. And now COVID shuts down what would traditionally be the in-person, face-to-face type of therapy, I'm assuming that you did. How did this, the virtual aspect sort of accelerate the whole Veterinary Hope Foundation's platform? You know, I think the transition to virtual for so many other services made it much more acceptable, normal, possible to feel good about connecting at a deep and vulnerable level in a support group online. Right. And so, Blair, so now you're sitting in your cabin in Montana and you're, and you're commiserating with a colleague on, oh, we got to fix this thing. So tell us what your, your, the, uh, the initial idea was. Like, okay, a lot of people were, t- were talking about this back then. I mean, you know, I, I was doing this. A lot, of, a lot of us were trying to promote people getting access to virtual care and therapy and so forth. But what made the Veterinary Hope Foundation different? Yeah, so so I reached out to Dr. Elizabeth Chosa, who's a practice owner in Florida, um, and also one of the leaders of the DVM Moms Facebook group. And so she had her, she really understood and understands deeply what it's like to be a practicing veterinarian. And, and so when we talked together, um, we said we need to make something that's really easy to to access. Sometimes it's so hard to find a therapist. It's so hard to take that first step. So one of our criteria in the very, very beginning was, let's make this easy. Another criteria was, let's lean on mental health professionals. We didn't think that we as veterinarians knew how to solve these issues. We, it's not our expertise. And, and you know, I'm sure we hate it when clients go to Dr. Google, right? Or to, right. to seek um, expertise from someone who isn't trained. And so we said, it's really important to reach out to people who have spent their careers helping people through these issues. And that's how we got involved with Krista. Okay, there are lots of these Facebook groups popping up, and and there's benefits to that, but you wanted to take it in a slightly different direction because I think there's always this, you know, we want confidentiality, you know, we want to make sure that, that we can be anonymous when appropriate. So, like, what, what did you do to change, like, the old way of doing things, which sounds silly because it's a new thing, but, you know, you, to go from social media platforms as a basis to actually moving it off into a more secure area? Like, what what drove that part? Yeah, so some of what drove... What- what drove that, Ernie, is that when you talk to mental health professionals like Krista or Lori Fonkin, who's on our board, they tell you about the power of small community. They tell you that um, large communities can be helpful if, if mediated properly, but small communities can really help hold people through change. 
And we wanted to create an experience where instead of staying in the spots we were, we help people grow through it. And a support group is really one of the best ways you can do that. So to your point, we, we used um, Zoom and technology to connect people across the country who had similar needs or similar um, problems that they were facing at the moment. And we grouped them together in groups of six or eight people with a mental health professional, and they meet for six weeks. And the, and Krista can tell you all about, actually, those because she's facilitated multiple of them. Wow. And Blair, before we, before we get into all of that, because I want to understand a little more, you know, what happens during these sessions, but just remind the Viewfinder family, how much do you guys charge for a, a veterinary a veterinary technician, a receptionist, whomever? How much do you charge to actually participate in the Veterinary Hope Foundation program? It is completely free. What, Becky? Wait, what? Becky, did she say free? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I'm interested because I haven't really heard yet, like, the whole span of the hospital team. So, you know, as a technician, my ears are perked at free. Um, I'm, I'm just curious about what these resources roll into. But uh, the other thing I kind of want to say is I'm thinking about my um, husband and, and his fellow comrades' experiences and how much programs work like right a commitment to a time frame and how important that is and a process so i'm fascinated so far you've got me i want to hear more so krista let's go more right so first and foremost who who can participate right is it everybody in the vet team right or you know do you kind of limit it or do you say like well we'll have a group of techs and then why that number six to eight and why the number six weeks so Everyone on the veterinary team can participate. In fact, we offer multiple affinity groups to be the right fit for the situation and role that you're in currently. And so we really do want to offer something that's going to provide connection more than anything else. We absolutely will talk about skills. We'll talk about ways to cope with burnout. But first and foremost, support groups are about connection and about interdependence. And so we do try to bring together groups of people who may be having similar struggles. To that end, it is six to eight because that's about the right size to be able to feel safe enough to be vulnerable. One of my favorite things about the program is because it is nationwide, the likelihood of you as a veterinarian or a tech or a call center rep logging onto a group and randomly, unknowingly being joined by one of your colleagues or a member of your leadership is really slim and we pay really close attention to those things. And so creating this small group where there's room for everyone to share, there's room for everyone to take the time they need to feel safe and connected is really important to us. The six is kind of our lower end because we do need a little bit of a group and we recognize that life happens. Not everyone is going to be available for every single group. And so we want to be sure to have a solid group of consistent participants. And that's really the reason for the six to eight. The six weeks is really more about the time that it takes to begin forging a relationship. So for the first group, it's very much an introduction and connection piece And the second session continues that process. And that really gives us a couple groups to connect, get to know what each individual group's pain points and struggles are, and then also have time to discuss what has worked, 
what does the research say that might be beneficial or helpful from a mental health perspective? And how can we implement that and support one another as we implement? Gosh, I, I love this so much, Viewfinders, because as you can hear clearly, they are trying to get these affinity groups, so people that are going through the same struggles you are, maybe even work in the same position in the clinic. I love this so much. Now, Krista, let's get back to this, this small group mentality and so forth. How do you, I mean, as a facilitator, like how do you distinguish between someone who needs like acute care, like serious mental health crisis, versus someone who's in the early stages of burnout or depression, and maybe this type of, of support group would help them? Like, you, you get where I'm going with this. Like, how do you determine like who is appropriate for this type of of work? So from our perspective, everyone is welcome. To begin with, one of the things that we want to do is be sure that people are getting the help they need and the time that they need. And so for those who may be in an emergency or crisis situation, we're always going to recommend, please reach out to 988 immediately. That's the National Suicide and Crisis Hotline, and that will connect you to a mental health professional by phone or text who will be able to get you the urgent resources that you need in that moment. One of the things that we push for in the beginning is a pre-assessment, which includes something called a PROPOL. It's a professional quality of life assessment. And that gives us a little bit of information about where each participant might be from a compassion fatigue, compassion satisfaction, burnout perspective. There are also some additional scales in there that'll give us a little bit more information of, are there things that we may need to be sure that we are referring out and linking and connecting to a local mental health professional so that you can get additional targeted individual care if you need it. Oh, wow. Becky, I bet you are falling in love with this program so far, right? Because, I mean, this is one of those things where if you're a manager, an owner, a veterinary technician, whatever in your clinic, this is a resource that you should tell your colleagues about or participate yourself, right, Becky? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a worthwhile thing to know that you have available. The thing that's really... um meaningful to me at this point when I'm listening to, and and I want to be clear, starting this podcast had very little information. And so I am absorbing a lot, but what I'm thinking about is how we have a tendency to tell people what to do in, in, in the really bad times. It's like, yeah, no kidding, but I don't (laughs) have it in me. I can't find those resources. I don't have the energy to brush my teeth this morning, let alone, sort through, filter through, figure out, know what my insurance will cover, like having a resource and then just sort of a, I almost want to just say like a leaning stick, right? Like just somebody you can lean into and say, here is what I need. And I need somebody who can literally just package that up and give it to me because I don't have it in me to initiate. And I think that's a real gap filler, in yeah. terms of what's available for mental health resources and actually getting people there. Yeah, I love that. And Blair, I want to also ask you a couple of things about how you make this work, because like Becky said, too often, you know, in the moment, it's easy to say, well, go get some help. And here right now we can offer, here's a support group for, for people that are appropriate. But before we get back to who's appropriate, because Chris, I do have a couple of questions. Blair, I mean, how are you offering this for free? Because if I'm hearing you correctly, you've got a paid, I'm assuming, or maybe these people are just completely generous with their time. They're, they're facilitating, helping analyze, assess, and, and, and really, you know, aid people. How, how are you paying for this? It's free. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we're a nonprofit. And so we collect donations. We collect donations from veterinarians and veterinary clinics, from pet owners. Um, we had a, a group up in Maine donate $1,000 when they heard about um, 
the, the things that veterinarians are dealing with and struggling with. Um, and then a lot of um, corporations have donated to us. So whether it's Neogen or Beringer Ingelheim or Hills or IDEX Foundation, we've been fundraising with them so that we can bring these resources to the veterinary teams for free. Gosh, I love that. Okay, so Krista, back to this. So so now I'm a manager, I'm an owner in a vet clinic, and I've got a couple of employees that I'm, I'm concerned about, right? I mean, there's no crisis going on, you know, they don't need to be hospitalized or whatever, right? But I am worried about them. They seem to be on edge. I mean, how would I, how do you recommend, like Becky is saying, how do you recommend that I suggest that they maybe reach out to you? So I think as a clinician, my favorite option when people ask me this is to give them a variety of resources because we do need to find something to connect with where we are. To Becky's point, we don't always have the emotional bandwidth to do maybe the ideal solution. And so we need a range of options. And I think Veterinary Hope Foundation is a fairly low emotional bandwidth option. But beyond that, I would also recommend that as leaders in veterinary medicine, we know perhaps who our insurance covers for therapy, what our local resources might be. And my favorite thing is always to go ahead and send them to the website or to Instagram because there are these beautiful little snippets of what is a little bit of some of the content that we'll talk about that's available for you to read, to take in, and begin to get a feel for is this my tribe? Is this the group for me? Okay. Speaking of that, tell us a little bit about like, what does a normal session look like? You know, because I think maybe that would be another barrier to some people. Like, I don't have time. What is this like a four hour thing or whatever? Like, so what does a, a typical support group session look like? In general, our groups are about an hour, give or take. They're generally scheduled Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday evening although we are open to scheduling them during the day for groups that feel like that might be a better fit. And so we're looking for about an hour. And I would say, you know, normal is such a word that's hard to use when you come from the mental health world. They're right, all normal right. and <laughs> right. they're all different. And what goes into that hour is completely and entirely tailored to the group of six to eight humans that are joining us for that hour. And so are you directing it? Like, again, are you acting as a facilitator? So like you hear a certain thread or a trend that's, you know, kind of emerging out of this group and you try to guide them through this process. Like what role does the facilitator actually play other than the initial assessment and kind of identifying who is appropriate? How do they actually help them during the six week course? So the facilitator's role is to bring a little bit of structure to the group and to create the space so that the group members can connect. There is a grouping of curriculum that we can choose from. Most of our facilitators will actually allow the group itself to say, okay, well, of these 10 or 20 things that we know the research tells us are concerns for veterinary professionals, what does this group feel like is most important to us? And then as mental health professionals, it's not at all uncommon for us to come with a plan and completely, if necessary, throw that plan out if someone's having a particularly difficult day surrounding communication and setting boundaries or whatever that concern might be. 
Gosh, I love that. And, and Blair, again, I want to get back to the genesis of it. Did you identify the need for these affinity groups, as Krista calls them, where it's like, you know, let's try to get people that are equine practitioners or work in an equine clinic together and and small animal, mobile, emergency, right? How, did that come from you or did people like Krista come and say, hey, it's better to break it out into these types of groups that are have so, so many similarities? Yeah, I, I think that was a joint um, a joint decision, Ernie, because what we're trying to do is create an environment where people can bond rapidly so that by that second or third meeting, you feel like you're joining a group of friends, people that you can count on and that you expect to know for the rest of your life. And one of the ways to make that happen more quickly is to bring people together who are struggling with a common issue. So, for example, Krista recently facilitated a group on grief and loss. And people came together around that topic. So it doesn't always have to be different roles in the profession. Sometimes it's about different life stages or different challenges. Wow. And Becky, how, how does that hit you, right? I mean, so as a veterinary technician, do you like the fact that they break it out into these little groups? Uh, do you think that would facilitate bonding, you know, quicker and maybe get you to the outcome you're looking for faster? I guess the thing for me is that there's no one size fits all to mental health care and to progress and to gaining tools. And this is something that isn't being done that I know of. Um, it's not a resource or it's uh, an approach that I have heard of. And so, yeah, I think it's great, but no, I don't think it's for everybody, but do I think what is currently out there is for everybody? Absolutely not. And the idea that this could be that thing where if somebody is really longing for connection, looking for those lifelong growth feels that they can, overcome shame and a lack of ability to share in a one-on-one -on -one environment by being with other people in that group environment, it sets up a really new process that we haven't seen that I think can be incredibly healing. Yeah, I love this. And speaking of healing, Krista, I mean, it's a six-week program. Uh, obviously, we don't solve all the problems and heal all the hurt in six weeks. What happens when the six weeks is done? So one of the fav one of my favorite things that we've done is in addition to the online Zoom connection, we've also set up Slack channels for each group so that the participants in each group can, if they choose, share additional contact information. They can keep their Slack channel forever if they wish. But what we find to be true is they take those connections into other spaces, whether that's Facebook, whether that's email, sometimes it's even in person, and that's really exciting. The other thing that they are more than welcome to do is we're not limited to one group. So if your connection with your group was amazing and you would like to come to another one on the same topic or another, we'd love to have you join us again. Wow. And, and Blair, how does that fit in with your model moving forward? You know, with, obviously it's a nonprofit, but could people just continually you know, keep doing this for as long as they felt they needed it? Yeah. At this point, absolutely, Ernie. Um my role is as the president of the board is to keep the fundraising moving and keep the funding coming so that we can be there for everyone who thinks that it'll be helpful to them. Gosh, I love that. Krista, as we kind of wrap up today's conversation, what are the biggest challenges that you've seen, you know, as a therapist who specializes in veterinary professionals, like what are the big ones? I mean, you know, we always hear about depression and burnout and compassion fatigue and all that stuff. But if you had to distill it down into like, well, you know, the three main things that I worry about for our profession are, what would that list look like? I think if I'm going to pick one, which is a really hard ask, and then tap right. on a couple of others, I think what it would be is a lack of hope for the future. 
a worry that there are not controllable options that I, as a veterinary professional, can, in my sphere of influence, impact in a positive way. And so this idea of hopelessness, I think, is by far the umbrella that so many of the rest of those very known concerns fall under. And to me, that's also part of the reason we focus where we focus. The Veterinary Hope Foundation is about what can I do to care for me and my immediate sphere of influence so that I have the energy bandwidth to be the best veterinarian, the best tech, but also the best partner, spouse, child, parent that I can be. Wow, I love that. I think that's, it's an important part and it, it, you know, it's part of um, some of my lectures where I talk about taking time for yourself and how we have a tendency to think of of self-care and time for ourselves as being selfish and I have too much to do. And I don't think people really do take time to think that about that aspect, about when you take that time for yourself, you are, you are better in every other aspect of your life. And I think that is worth reiterating, you know, what you just said is that you are a better practitioner, but importantly, a better partner, parent, family member, friend, uh, whatever that is, when you are fulfilled that way. And I think it's um and a, a really important thing that you guys are doing in the sense of bringing that that awareness as the individual and then bringing that group think together. Um, I'm curious how often do these start? Like how, how, you know, if it's something where I'm like, I'm feeling down, do I have to wait 60 days for one to launch? Like how do you run these groups from a time frame? Our groups, we offer three a month, and if they fill, I will happily offer more. We really do work to build what it is that the community needs. That's amazing. Yeah. That is. That is. And, and Blair, I think, you know, when I was first introduced to what you were up to, I told you, I think I've told you multiple times now, that the most brilliant thing that you did here was you inserted the word hope because, you know, it's like it would have been super easy to say the Veterinary Mental Health Foundation or the, the depression group or whatever. But the fact is you preloaded the whole thing with hope because I love what Krista said. I, I, I agree with you, Krista. I think that we feel like it's not going to change or we're powerless to change. It. We lose that hope, and that's what really starts to sink us, I think. So, Blair, again, I love the fact that you went ahead and said, you know what? No, this is about hope. This is about a better, brighter tomorrow. I love that so much, Ernie. And and as we've matured and learned more, we've leaned even further into that word hope. It, it honestly was just intuition when we started, right? As It's just the very beginning. But now, we think it's really, really important, and it's what our profession needs more than anything else. And we spend time at the board talking between veterinarians and mental health professionals about what does that word mean? Like, often you think of the word hope as, you know, puppies and unicorns and rainbows, right? And kittens and dreams, just, right? Yeah, right. it feels like a dream. And so as we talk about our mission, we talk about wanting to make hope an action and and share with others that it can be that hope is not a feeling or a dream it's actually an action and yeah, so yeah so the support groups are really about helping people to take those steps towards hope and sh- and empowering people um helping them for- feel more capable more able 
um, to build the lives they want. Right. And, and so what we try to do is support that process of growth. Um, and in doing so, help people to really feel like hope is a real thing that they can grab onto, that it's not just a dream. Yeah, hope is our mental superpower. Krista, as we finish up today's conversation, that person out there who would benefit from the Veterinary Hope Foundation support groups, but they're still reluctant, they're hesitant, what's that last little bit of advice you might give to nudge them in this direction? I think what I would say to that individual is you don't have to do this alone. It doesn't have to stay the way that it is right this minute. And so given how you feel, we would love to have you join us and see if we can help find hope, find connection. Well, Blair, how do they find hope and find connection with your group? Probably the easiest way, Ernie, is to go to the website at veterinaryhope.org. And on that website, you can sign up for a support group and Krista will reach out to you directly. Gosh, I love that. And guys, we will have the links in our show notes. Again, Dr. Blair McConnell and Krista Martin of the Veterinary Hope Foundation. Again, these are free confidential support groups. So if you're struggling with depression or burnout or compassion fatigue or or anything in your life that you think, hey, I might want to talk to somebody about it, this is a group that I think you should definitely check out. Again, Becky, for me, they, they had me at free because too often, most of the times, the practice managers and owners that I work with, and I say, hey, you could do this or that, they say, how much, right? It's the first question out of their mouth. So for me, Becky, it's to kind of say, guess what? No cost involved. Just get them help. That's exactly right. It, it, it's it's one more barrier out of the way. And in, right. it seems that, to be honest, in those moments when life is that hard, any stumbling block feels like, okay, like just to be cheesy, right? The smallest pebble feels like a boulder, right? right like, But it's right, so right. true. So removing those barriers and um, making resources available, I wanna, I'm, I'm so grateful for this. I'm grateful for this conversation, for our ability to get what you guys are doing out there. And to thank you guys, because it's not easy to do. Um, It takes a lot of time, energy, and passion to continue through to put these types of things together and to put them together well. We see a lot of resources out there that are not done well or with the support of actual mental health professionals, and that's what we really need. And so I am grateful to you guys for this conversation today, for sure. Thank you so much for having us on your program and for helping us to spread the word. We're a new organization, and I think most veterinarians and veterinary team members haven't heard about us. But but Ernie, you've changed that today. So thank you both so much. Oh, gosh, anything we can do. So, guys, if you want to learn more, go to veterinaryhope.org. Check around. I mean, they've got lots of different resources and tools you can use. You can sign up for these support groups. Again, we love the fact that they use affinity groups, and they're facilitated by a mental health professional. So I can't imagine a better way to start if this is something that you feel you need in your life. So what do you think about mental health? What do you think about Veterinary Hope Foundation? Is this type of support group something that you think could benefit your clinic? We want to hear from you and Becky. How can they tell us what they know? (laughs) Tell us what you're doing. Tell us if you've taken um, the opportunity to utilize these resources. um, Or if you do, we just want to hear kind of what your journey has been. You guys can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary View finder and you can send us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com gosh i have loved this conversation so much guys we can't wait to have another one next week till next time bye
Bye. Bye. Bye.